This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. The Dallas Cowboys select T.D. Lamb. Oh, they took him! Now, your host, Kyle Yeomans. We are closing in on 48 hours till the NFL draft as we are just two days away. And we are the DallasCowboys.com draft show continuing our 2021 countdown to the draft and then also our mock draft as we head into the second round where the Jaguars, a.k.a. Dane Brugler, are on the clock. And we've got Dane Brugler, we've got Brian Broaddus, Kevin K.T. Turner. I'm Kyle Yeomans, Chris Beam in the back as always. And Brian, it's like Christmas. I mean, you, you it, now it's the hard part's over. The hard part's in the past. The scouting is done. Now you're just taking a couple extra notes. You're looking at some of these scenarios as what could play out. But the hard part's in the past. Now it's time to, to have a little bit of fun with the draft coming up over the next couple days. Yeah, it is a lot of fun, but it's not fun to be lied to. You know, that's mm. the problem that these guys are going through right now. And, you know, you've got friends around the league you're talking to and you're trying to say, hey, what's going on in Atlanta at four? I, I, I can't tell you how many scouts have asked me what's going on with Atlanta at four when this thing starts. And, you know, they think that's going to be the, the really the pressure point of this draft. It could go a lot of different directions. I, you know, I've been told, you know, Atlanta looking at quarterbacks still, looking at pits, open to the possibility of trade. So, yeah, the fun part is, yeah, you got your board all together, but now you're worried about trying to figure out what the guy in front of you and what the guy behind you is going to do on that uh, that draft night. Atlanta's really the the fork in the road, right? If, right. Uh, if, if say let's if Trey Lance is still on the board and they go uh, Trey Lance, the draft goes this way. If right. Trey Lance goes three, or they decide not to take a quarterback, say they take Kyle Pitts, the draft goes this way. And so that domino effect's really interesting because uh, I mean three is obviously a, a point in the draft where we're still haggling over what's going to be, but we know it's going to be a quarterback. Mm-hmm. We think very likely it's going to be the Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Four, there's a lot more, uh, you know, different. What happens at four will really set the rest of the top ten uh, into motion with how it's going to play out. So, uh, very, very interested in that fourth pick. That's, uh, I mean, I, I go back and forth. One day it's like Cal Pitts, yeah, it's going to be the tight end, and then the next day it's like, well, they can't pass on Trey Lance if he's there. And it just you go back and forth in your mind, and these are the same conversations that NFL teams are having right now. And will Cincinnati take offensive lineman? Will they take pass catcher? I really enjoyed listening to yesterday's draft show, and you guys mocked the trade. I know, Kyle, you're going to run through it in a minute, but we mocked the trade with the Patriots moving up. But you just get that feeling that we should all be holding on to our butts on Thursday because there's probably going to be movement from all over the place. And that's, uh, that's really exciting when you go into it, kind of not knowing what to expect. It's extremely exciting. And as to the difference of last year where we went into the first round and we thought collectively that because it was a virtual draft, there wasn't going to be as many trades and there wasn't going to be a ton of movement. And really there wasn't in the first round. Then whenever you got to the back half of the the day two and then early day three, we started really kind of seeing the the snowball effect of some of those trades happening. But you're right. Maybe there is a lot of movement. The Patriots can move up. The Lions can move back. You talk about the Chargers wanting to move up. The Cowboys could move back. Who knows? I mean, there's so many different ways that you could go about 
the the shifting and the motion of this draft it makes things really intriguing whenever it gets to Thursday afternoon Thursday evening things could even happen beforehand let's take a look at what KT just alluded to the picks that we made in yesterday's show if you haven't listened to it go on YouTube you can go on DallasCowboys.com or you can find us on iTunes and listen to the first round mock draft there's the first nine picks Trevor Lawrence was off the board first and then San Francisco went with Trey Lance at number three Kyle Pitts was then off the board with Atlanta at four. I think that's pretty likely, Dane, whenever you you talk about the way those third and fourth overall picks could potentially go, because if Trey Lance is there for Atlanta, he may be the selection. But anybody outside of that, uh, it it might be a bit of a stretch. New England goes up from 15, trades their second-round pick, and a 2022 second-round pick to go get Justin Fields at pick number seven. Mac Jones goes eight to Carolina, and then Micah Parsons, nine for Denver. So the Cowboys had their pick of corners at 10. Let's take a look at 10 through 20. Dallas picked Patrick Sertan, the second out of Alabama, the cornerback that we've thought about so far. Jalen Waddle went to the Eagles, Rashawn Slater to the Giants, and then further down a couple more highlights. Arizona picked up J.C. Horn. Jamin Davis who we thought, Brian, I mean I know you're really high on Jamin Davis. I didn't know if 17 was rich for him. Is that something that's likely to happen as the Raiders were mocked to have Jamin Davis at 17? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, guys. The more I talk to people about what's going to happen, say, after, like, 14 in this draft, there's going to be chaos. There is going to be a lot of chaos because what happens, we don't have a traditional board here. And when you have all these quarterbacks, a couple of offensive linemen, you don't have any defensive tackles, this is not a board that we've seen in the past. And so how these teams pick, I, I've had guys tell me, hey, this is, there's going to be several of those wow picks. The Vegas Raiders right there with Jamin Davis, really good player. Thought all along he could be a first-round player. But, you know, the one thing we know about John Gruden and Mike Mayock, they do like big school guys. Alabama, Clemson kind of seems to be their sweet spot on picking players. But, but Jamin Davis at 17, again, that could be one of those wow picks that all the scouts are talking about could potentially happen in this draft. We had Bucky Brooks select both the Chargers and the Vegas Raiders picks, and of course he's really plugged in on that West Coast, and so he took Elijah Vera Tucker with the Chargers. He felt really confident about that pick. He did the same thing with Las Vegas at 17. Here's the final picks, or excuse me, 21 through what would be 30 on the board of the draft show mock draft. Rashad Bateman started things off in the 20s with Chicago. Chicago tried to move up, didn't have any success. Christian Barmore, Cowboys target potentially, goes to Jacksonville at 25. You've got Greg Newsom going to New Orleans. That's a guy who I know the Cowboys would have liked to maybe fall, but they did get their cornerback up at the 10th overall pick. And then to round out the first round of our mock draft, the Bills selecting Najee Harris. You've got Nick Bolton, the Frisco, Texas product, going to Baltimore. And then Tampa Bay, who tried to trade with the Cowboys and get Dallas to move back up into the first round and take KT's pick away. Uh, that didn't go successfully for Tampa Bay, so they took Alex Leatherwood. Then you can see how we're going to start things off. Dane will go first, Brian second, I will be third, and then KT will round out the first round of picks in the second round. So Dave Brugler. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who have two first-round picks, are on the clock. Let's get started with pick number 33 overall. So you guys left me some good players here. 
Uh, and that's usually the case, right? When you flip the page to the round two, uh, you, you kind of reset the board, see who's available. Uh, and we, we want an offensive weapon, we could go Kadarius Toney. Uh, if we want to go on defense, add a pass rusher, Jason Oways there. Uh, a, a lot of interesting options here. I think where I'm going to go, though, is with a player who's arguably a top 10 talent in this class. And this is where his fall stops. That's Caleb Farley, mm. the cornerback out of Virginia Tech, who, if not for the medicals, we'd be talking about him as, you know, does he last to 10 in the Cowboys? Uh, but because the medicals are there, that's an issue. That's something that's a red flag. He's going to fall a little bit. But I'm, I'm going to take my chance. I'm going to roll the dice here on Caleb Farley. Which is a good pick, seemingly, that, like that you had two picks already. I mean, you picked Trevor Lawrence, you picked Christian Barmore with Jacksonville in that first round. You kind of have the, the freedom to take a risk on a player like that. Yeah, with two more picks uh, on, on, later on day two for the Jaguars. They have five picks in the first, you know, 60-some picks or something. So, it's uh, you know, you can take a swing. And Urban Meyer is not here to, you know, for the next 10 years. He, he's here for to win right now. And so... Uh, as, as his GM, we're, we're going to try and do that. <laughs> All right, Brian, Jets are on the clock. Yeah, this was, I'll tell you what, the Jets just lost their player. And, you know, and that's unfortunate for them because I had Caleb Farley as their selection there. But Dane mentioned somebody there. And if you look at the Jets and what they talk about with some, some team needs, I think they need some more explosiveness on the outside. So Kadarius Toney, the wide receiver from uh, Florida, you know, I think that that would be a great pick right there. You start to talk about how to help a young quarterback, how to get how to score more points. Tony is one of these guys that can play inside, he can play outside, he can run routes at all levels. I really do think, like say, with the, with the with the Jets losing the opportunity to draft Farley, well, Kadarius Tony would be the next best pick there. So I'm going to take him for the New York Jets. I like that pick a lot for New York trying to figure out something with their new quarterback and Zach Wilson and company. So Kadarius Tony off the board puts Atlanta in a situation to where, what do they do now? Now that they uh, they have to figure out exactly uh, what to do now that they've taken Kyle Pitts. Uh, I've got Atlanta. They need a safety. They need an edge rusher. Kind of need a running back, but I think that might not be the case at the moment. I think this is where the first safety comes off the board, which is unfortunate for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to pick Trayvon Merrick out of TCU to go to Atlanta. Pretty easy pick for me. I thought he was going to go in the first round. I'm going to pick him up here at 35 overall. Yeah, and uh, that's kind of what we were kind of thinking about with the Cowboys picking later at 44. Like, with, will the safeties last to you? Probably not. Uh, you might have to get aggressive to get into the 30s to get those guys. Um, if you guys want to weigh in on that pick, go ahead. But you know, Chris Greer and the Dolphins are ready to go. Yeah, um, I'll tell you, the, the, the Morgue pick, just real quick on that, KT, though. I, I do, I have, I like Grant from South Florida myself, mm-hmm. or excuse me, Central Florida, and then I also like Holland from Oregon. I think those guys are true type free safeties, but I could understand why they went with the pick on that one. Looking at the safety, those guys are all kind of right there, tags touching. So a few weeks ago on a draft show episode, I, I threw out some prop bets for Dane and Bucky about how many running backs would go in round one, uh, over under one and a half. 
Um, I don't really remember what you guys picked. I think Bucky said under. I think Dane said under as well. Yep. And that held true in yesterday's mock draft where Najee Harris went to the Bills at pick 30. You got the Dolphins who have gotten Jamar Chase in this draft. They've gotten uh, Quiddy Pay in this draft. Let's go ahead and get the bell cow. And let's get my personal running back one, Javante Williams mm. from North Carolina. I love mm. this player so much. I think he's a lot of fun. He's two years younger than Najee Harris, if that means anything to you. You know, 76 broken tackles on about you know twice as many attempts. Um, you know, 23 carries that got more than 10 yards after first contact. And they can still implement Miles Gaskin as the third down back. I, I really think Javante Williams is kind of what Miami needs to kind of help get Tua a little bit more comfortable as well. And they, it's not like they have to get rid of a, a very productive Miles Gaskin, but you don't need to rely on the Malcolm Browns and the Patrick Lairds of the world. You got Javante Williams now. So I think uh, I'm going to take that pick and I'm going to happily – Move it on down the road for Miami. That's interesting. And I think if you're Miami, you're sitting there with Atlanta sitting right in front of you, and Atlanta could definitely go running back, and you're kind of crossing your fingers that Atlanta doesn't take the running back that, that you want. Um, but it, interesting that you went with Javante Williams over ETN in this scenario. Yeah, I, I can't believe you did that yourself, but I understand, you know, uh, what you're trying to do there. The, the thing with – now, with which you got a great finisher there. But ATN, no, you talk about his ability. You talk about a finisher. You talk about the type of guy that you don't ever see him get knocked off his feet. He's explosive. I mean, you love his size. You love the way he finishes runs. I, I, I'm surprised you went that way, but I understand these running backs are all different in the way that people look at him. You saw Williams different. Me personally, I agree with Dane. I think you should have taken ATN there uh, with, well, uh, with it, that it, pick. I mean, let's. It, Who's the new head coach in Atlanta? Who's the new play caller? It's Arthur Smith. Who do you have in Tennessee? Uh, Derrick Henry. And so, you know, who, who, which running back would he prefer to be his next Derrick Henry in Atlanta? I, I mean, I, I think you could make a case for Javante Williams or ETN. So it, it's a, just a really interesting uh, scenario uh, there from uh, – uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm talking about Atlanta. Um, yeah. But if Atlanta goes running back, interesting scenario, which way they go. Miami – they were looking for more of the bell cow. Mm-hmm. So if Javante Williams is there, he fits more of that mold. So that makes sense. I, I think that uh, Atlanta's going to have more of a which way do they go, where Miami, if they're looking for that bell cow, uh, then I, I think that uh, they, they could definitely go Javante. All right, so moving on to I'm yeah, Dane is up with the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so looking at this pick, uh, we went what wide receiver in the first round. Uh, here in the second, uh, you know, there's really three different ways I could see this going uh, for the Eagles. You, we know Howie Roseman and that, you know, that, that brain trust. They really they look at the offensive line, the defensive line. They want to build in the trenches. Jason Oway from Penn State makes a lot of sense here. Uh, they love to add pass rushers. Offensive line, uh, you, know, you look at Jason Kelsey getting older uh, at center. Creed Humphreys sitting right there. They could get their center of the future. Uh, they also want to get better at corner, and you've got a player like Asante Samuel Jr., uh, who could step in and you know be a big part of uh, that rebuild uh, on defense as they get better in the secondary. So I, three really good options uh, with whichever way they go here. 
I'm going to go with Jason Oway, uh, just because I think he's the highest graded player at this point. Uh, he, he's explosive off the edge. Uh, in the second round, I think he's a steal. This is a first-round player, uh, a first-round talent who the Eagles are able to get uh, this far down. And, you know, they're able to, you know, groom him to be the, the pass rusher of the future for that, for that defense. Man, I hate the Eagles draft so far. They took Jalen Waddell in the first round, and now they get Jason Owe in the second round. That makes me not very happy as a Cowboys fan, just how good they've been, Brian. Explosiveness. All right, Brian's on the clock. Cincinnati Bengals. Real quick, who would win a race, uh, Jason Owe or Jalen Waddell? <laughs> like, that's, I, that's actually, actually close, a legit question because – yeah, exactly. We don't. We didn't get an official forty time on Jalen Waddle, but Jason Oway ran uh, what a four three six. So uh, that, that's God. kind of fascinating. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that that the thing about with Oway though is, you know, you do you do worry about the production, and you do worry about, or excuse me, the lack of mm-hmm. production with him. And so you know that to me, you know. If you're, you know, the Eagles have taken some big swings too at some of these defensive ends and, and stuff like in the past. You know, they've hit on a couple of them, but, you know, I, I'm interested to see. I could say he's the one player that I'm probably the most nervous about if I were to have to draft him. I, I would be, I would be nervous about uh, but that pick. But the traits, the measurables, all that stuff is there. I just worry about the production for the player. Brian, you are up with the. Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take a – they're going to help their interior. They're going to continue to try and build with their offensive line. And I think that they're going to – and what the Bengals want to do is develop a line that's got some power to it, that's got some physicality to it. I think this is where the Bengals take Jalen Mayfield, the guard from Michigan. You know, is a big-body guy. Uh, He played tackle at Michigan. When you watch him play, especially down in the red zone on the goal line, stuff like that, you see him get push. You see him get movement. But also, too, you want to find ways to protect the middle of the pocket there. I think Jalen Mayfield could do just that with the for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Line up, keep the depth of the pocket right, give your quarterback uh, an opportunity to step up and make some throws there. So I like the pick there for Cincinnati. Yeah, in this scenario, they picked Sewell yesterday in round one and then Mayfield. Basically, just kind of sending out the uh, the alarm. We're not going to get our quarterback hurt again. Right. So, uh, we're going to take care of him first. And, and, and you know, uh, John Ross, rarely healthy. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I'm sorry, Tyler Boyd and they have T. Higgins. I don't think they have John Ross anymore. But Tyler Boyd no, and T. No. Higgins are very good players. And they do rely on Alden Tate a little bit. And I know he's kind of a punchline, but he's been a really good you know, red zone option for them. So that they do have some like decent options already. And they're not like forced to go pass catcher. But it'll be interesting how they handle that. You know, They do have to get the offensive line squared away. But I can totally see them going with the pass catcher in one of those first two picks. I think uh, the way Broadus attacked it is I think how they're going to go with the, a guard – uh, in round two, I'd be very surprised if they don't take Jamar Chase in round one. Mm. Very, very, very surprised. Um, and then in the second round, that's where they really address the offensive line with a guy like Jalen Mayfield, who you can step in, play guard. Maybe he's outside a tackle in year two. We'll have to see. But I think that makes a lot of sense for them in round two. Why do you say you feel like there's 
some confidence there with Jamar Chase instead of Penny Sewell. Have you heard anything specific on maybe the way that they're leaning? Yeah, I mean, I just just based off of what I've what other teams think that they're going to do, uh, they think it's going to be Jamar Chase, and you know, they you look at what they did bringing in Riley Reef. Uh, they think Jonah Williams is their left tackle. Uh, you know, they, they've got the tackle set for this season, and they need to get better on the interior, and that's what they'll do in rounds two, three, or four. But in round one, they want to get better downfield. You figure there's over a hundred targets they have to replace from AJ Green. Uh, and Jamar Chase, uh, you know, they could that could be the, given that downfield weapon that they were lacking in a big way last year. They just they didn't have a downfield passing game. And with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, you you, you think you can recapture that with what they had at LSU? So of the top after the first two picks, the only other pick that I or the pick that I probably feel the most confident about at this point is Jamar Chase at five. If there is such a thing as feeling confident about you know picks in the NFL draft, yeah. Um, so. Pretty much lock in Penny Sewell at five. I, uh, wow. I like it. I like it. Okay, so I'm going to make one more pick. Yeah, I, I don't th- real quick. I, okay. yeah, yeah, I don't think Dane's wrong there. I, again, talking to some people uh, within the Cincinnati organization, they really like Penny Sewell a lot. And mm. people are, a lot of the media people are talking about the Chase connection there. He, he is wide receiver one on a lot of boards. But I, I think the Bengals, you know, they, they've, they've chased this offensive line stuff a lot over the years, and so Chase might make a lot of sense there, but I, I just and guys I've talked to say it's going to be Sewell. Yeah. See, and I, I, I was being facetious. I, 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 guys I've talked to said it was Chase, so it's that's it's really interesting. Wow. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Back and forth, that'll go. I mean, we talk about the crossroads that's at four. I mean, the third, fourth, and fifth pick are going to decide a lot on how this this draft is going to end up going because there are crossroads at each one of those. Uh, My final pick before we take our first break, the Panthers at 39, really in need of some left tackle help. They drafted Mac Jones in the first round of this mock draft, so I think they're going to try and protect him. Samuel Cosme out of Texas is still on the board. I could have gone maybe defense here. Uh, I really like like Asante Samuel Jr. for that fit, but I'm going to go with uh, Samuel Cosme potentially to replace who's their left tackle? Greg Little, I, I believe, is still their left tackle at, yeah. in Carolina. I think he's going to be the next next man up uh, at left tackle. So Carolina selects Samuel Cosme, the offensive tackle out of Texas. Okay, let's take our first break. When we come back, the Broncos are on the clock. Then it's the Lions, Giants, 49ers, and then the Dallas Cowboys select at 44. When we return in our second round mock draft, on the draft show. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer, brewed with great taste and only 96 calories, available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Green soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. 
Hey, Cowboys fans, if you're thinking about attending a game this season, visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Stay at the team hotel, have dinner with a Cowboys legend, and experience AT&T Stadium's exclusive VIP Owners Club. Also, tour the star, get autographs from your favorite players, and talk X's and O's with me, Mickey Spagnola. The official travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys will take care of all your travel needs. Visit CowboysTravel.com. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Sometimes nothing beats a classic. Miller Lite, the original light beer. Brewed with great taste and only 96 calories. Available for delivery. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Two days away from the NFL Draft, and we are just a little bit into our second-round mock draft here on the Draft Show. And KT and the Denver Broncos are on the clock at pick number 40. KT, take it away. Yeah, and uh, the Broncos took Micah Parsons at pick nine. And the last two picks off the board were offensive lineman Jalen Mayfield and Samuel Cosme. And the Broncos' front office is jumping for joy because they're going to get to take Liam Eichenberg the tackle from Notre Dame, who they wanted all along. They had him graded higher than Cosme and Mayfield. Um, and, and also... Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's true. That's what they're saying. That's at least what they're telling Denver media. Uh, it is criminal for them to not take a quarterback at some point, but if you're not getting one of the top five guys, i got to be honest, I'm really not burning a day two pick on one of these other guys. So, uh, you know, maybe you can talk me into the Stanford kid, but... I, I, the Broncos are going to have to figure this out with Drew Locke because if they don't find a way to get one of those top five guys on night one, yeah, they're kind of screwed. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I, t- yeah, I tell you what, I, I like Ike and Berg there. I, I really, really do. I, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, I, Notre Dame has done a great job of putting offensive linemen in the, in, in the NFL here lately. They, they do, you know, they're – they, they, the way they play, the physicality which they play. There was a time where you kind of thought Notre Dame guys might be a little soft. That, that's not the case anymore with these guys. I mean, their offensive line takes a lot of pride in the physicality which they play with. You know, I, I think that there's, you know, with Eichenberg to me, there's, there's, you know, there's some stuff to him with the movement and the and the athletic ability, and he plays on his feet. You know, you could use him in space. I, I think there's a lot to like about this particular player. I'm really interested with Eichenberg. Um, he, it's hard to find tackles in the NFL with under 32 and a half inch arms. He came in at 32 and three eighths. So I'm very, but when you watch his film, you didn't necessarily think that length was a big issue for him. So I'm really interested to see how he holds up at tackle in the NFL. Uh, he, he would definitely be one of the outliers uh, if he's able to do it. But like I said, on film, it's not something that routinely showed up as, as a big issue for him. Yeah, let me tell you what, though, guys, and, and maybe we've talked about this on shows I've been on before. This whole thing with the way the arm length was measured 
and it's different from pro day to pro day. We did not have a combine where one scout was measuring all 325 arms. Mm-hmm. You know that that that's the consistency you're looking for. You know you don't know at you know, and I always like I always watch guys measure the forty. I always watch guys measure the vertical jump. I watch guys measure the three cone stuff. I mean, scouts do things different ways. And if a guy is measuring arms good one day, bad the next, we might be at a little bit of some of these players might be a little bit of the mercy of not having the consistency of arm length from one particular scout. That's fair. It is something to look at whenever you have so many guys and so many pro days and, once again, just kind of the inconsistencies with what is the 2021 NFL scouting season around the NFL. All right, Dane, Detroit on the clock at 41. So um, we went, what, receiver in the first uh, with uh, Devontae Smith, which is, you know, we just don't have many playmakers on our team, so Devontae Smith's going to answer that. Here in the second, um, you know, I think we could we could address offensive line, keep the run going. Although you know you guys have uh, you know, really taken a lot of those options off the table, uh, we could address the defensive line with the Zarike, with the Joe Tryon, a pair of Huskies right mm-hmm. there. Uh, but I think I'm going to go to the back end of the defense and take personally my top ranked safety, and that's Richie Grant out of UCF. Uh, brought us. I know you said that he was your top ranked safety as well. Uh, this is a team that has been really lacking in safety play, and they've been you know, looking at different safeties uh, for, for upgrades. So uh, Richie Grant here at uh, pick 41 to Detroit. And everybody supporting the Dallas Cowboys collectively throws a pin at the wall because they were hoping he would fall three more spots to 44. But that is not the case, and both of the top Sorry. safeties are Sorry. off the board. That's unfortunate. It's okay. It's fine. Now the New York Giants are on the clock. Who are the Giants going to take off the board for the Cowboys now that Dane has done half the job, Brian? Well, I think this is where what's interesting about the New York Giants is, and talking to my Giant sources, Wide receiver, defensive end was two spots, and it, they were they were they were debating on do they where do they go with that? I mean, does, is the wide receiver going to be there for them? Is there going to be a defensive end? I, I think they go defensive ends on this one. I think they take Joseph Asai, the defensive end from Texas. I think they're going to love the relentless effort, the motor. I mean, he will rush opposite. Uh, of Leonard Williams, he'll have some success doing that. You know, Dave Gettleman likes he's a big school guy. I know this is not a Big Ten player, which he tends to kind of gravitate that way, but Joseph Asai, University of Texas defensive end for the New York Giants. Uh, Brian, how, how close was it uh, Osai over uh, Tryon or Rousseau? Because I think Rousseau's still out there, right? He is. Uh, how, how, yeah, how close I, was it debating between those pass rushers? Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I kind of felt like, though, that the, to me, I was looking for somebody. With the, When you watch the Giants play, it's always about they always have that one kind of that, that slippery, slinky kind of defense and, you know, linear built guy that's able to rush. I didn't see with that with, with Rousseau. Tryon is a guy I think is right there with him. But I was just looking, like I say, the effort, the motor. Everybody loves this guy as a teammate. You see production with him. You see him chase the football. Tryon from Washington's the same way. I just didn't feel with Rousseau that was the type of fit that they that they that the Giants need. That's why I went for that, like I say, that slippery defensive end uh, that they that they play with in their scheme. 
He was my highest-rated edge rusher off of my board at the moment, Brian. So I love that pick for with a spot where they got him. Uh, and if Rousseau's a couple picks down or a couple slots down on my board, but if I were to choose between the two, I would definitely go with Osai there as well. Um, now moving on to San Francisco, the pick right before the Cowboys. The 49ers, they got their quarterback in the first round, of course, with Trey Lance. They don't have a ton of draft capital coming up over the next couple of years even because of going and getting Trey Lance. However, they need some help on the backside of the defense. I thought about going interior offensive line here to protect your quarterback, but I think they need some help in the cornerback spot. Emmanuel Mosley is their starting corner. Tarvarius Moore is their nickel corner. I'm going to go with Asante Samuel Jr. here. His father, of course, playing 11 years in the NFL with the Patriots, the Eagles, the Falcons. I mean, this is a guy who gets his hands on the football. Nine pass breakups in each of the last two seasons. He's got great body control, great movement, sticks with his receivers. So I think Asante Samuel Jr., quarterback, cornerback out of Florida State, goes 43 to the 49ers. Love that, it. Great yeah, value really, right there. Good spot. Yeah. Great pick. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I'll tell you what. I think that, to me, when you watch Samuel play – He's the one guy that we always talk about the chip on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. But when you look at him, his skill level is so good. The footwork, the way he's able to adjust, he has a lack of height. There's no question about that. But when you watch him play, he puts himself in position to make plays. He doesn't get... Uh, he doesn't get turned. He doesn't get put out of position. You know, he's a guy that can adjust to the route. He's smart. He knows how to read the routes. He can make plays on the ball. Again, all he is, he lacks a little height. Uh, I, I do absolutely love the pick right there for uh, for that uh, particular yeah. spot. And I, I I think that ideally they're picking someone who's bigger just yep. in that scheme and what they like. But you look at you know Jason Verrett. They brought him back uh, in San Francisco, and you know you can Asante Samuel uh, learn from Verrett and eventually kind of take over that spot at cornerback. So uh, another smaller guy. So I, I think it, it would be a fit there potentially uh, for the 49ers. All right, the Dallas that looks Cowboys. Like pick 44 are on the clock. All right, KT, don't screw it up. <laughs> well, yeah, you know you probably shouldn't have left it in my hands because I'm a bit of a wild card, and the pick is. Clemson running back. No, just oh gosh, um, Travis Etienne. <laughs> this team has shown you over the years that the second round is a bit of a playground for them. Whether it's taking a risk on a guy with a bad knee, whether it's taking a risk on a guy with some quote unquote off the field issues, whether it's taking a risk on a red zone tight end. Oh no! I look at my board. I like. You know, I, I took the cornerback. I don't really have to go secondary again. You know, maybe my safeties that I like are gone. Oh, you know, Levi on Muzuriki. Oh, you know what? He's there. Washington DT could help there. But I'll be damned if in the second round this team doesn't like to have a little fun with a little boomer bust. The pick is Gregory Rousseau, oh. the defensive lineman from Miami. Hey, at this point in the draft, I get it. Uh, you know, he's Rousseau's a little bit of a polarizing player, but uh, you know, with the length and the get off, I get it. I mean, he can make your defensive line better. 
Man, I'd like to send that one out to Jeff Cavanaugh. Oh, man, that, Jeff buddy. Cavanaugh. Is, I, I hope he's watching. I really do hope he's watching. This is this would be an awesome pick just for the like the Star Magazine draft guide since Rousseau and Sertan are on the cover. Like, nailing the first two picks, I think, would be just – that might be a first in the magazine's history. But Gregory Rousseau out of Miami, the pick to Dallas at 44. And, Dane, you, I mean, you mentioned it right there. It shures up your defense, but Boomer Bust is right. Uh, he could be a first-round caliber player, but he also could be a fourth-round caliber player, in the words of Jeff Cavanaugh. Yeah, and I expected KT to go and Zarike here. Um, I did, too. Uh, but I he, really did. Yeah, yeah. but he, he went on the edges. And, I, look, I get it. Rousseau, I think, is like 36, 37 on my board. So, uh, you know, getting him at this point is a value, in my opinion. Um, yeah, we have one year of tape on him. Uh, and he's still relatively new to the to the defensive end uh, position, but he's really really long. Uh, you know, we're talking about a player who uh, can reduce inside, give you uh, a legitimate pass rush from uh, as a defensive tackle and passing downs. And you feel like he's yet to play his best football. So you know, while I think he was being a little bit overrated as a top 15, top 20 pick, uh, I, I think at this point in the, in the second round, uh, yeah, sign me up. I'm all for it. Yeah, I, 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 I understand. And I, I think KT, he's absolutely right about the assessment of the Cowboys and mm-hmm. how things usually work in the second round for them. But Ozarike should be the pick here. You, you, you can't tell me that they think that Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore are going to anchor that three technique or that under tackle. I, I just can't believe that. And, you know, and I'm not blaming KT, but maybe KT's plan is to play Russo inside at some defensive tackle. You know, we've seen that in the past with some of the things. I, I just, with, with Osirike on the board, I do have him higher than Russo. But again, I, I understand at that particular point why you did what you did. Dan Quinn likes some lengthy defensive line. Yeah, he does. Just keep that in mind as we move forward as well. This is, and remember, this is what we think the Cowboys would do. This isn't necessarily what we think or what we would do in the draft with each of these teams. This is what we want or not what we want, but what we think will happen whenever Thursday and Friday roll around. So I don't think that's necessarily out of the question. If Rousseau's there at 44, he's going to be oh, in I the do. conversation. I do. You don't think it's going to be in the conversation? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be in the conversation wow. there. I, I okay. think they really do like Ozarike. Mm-hmm. I, I really, really do. I mean, they, they, you know, this is the first time that they've, you know, with – with uh, you know, you look at the defensive ends and Randy Gregory. This is the first time that he's been able to have a full training camp, full off season. You talk about Tank Lawrence. You know, you, you, they've got defensive ends. You know, it's 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 that the defensive tackle spot, whether it's the three or the one, that's where this team has been bad. And you know, they've got to figure that out. And you know, I I, I would say, like I said, I just I know with my I know with what I know. Mm-hmm. And Ozarike to me would be that pick. I, I just know that would be the pick. A couple really good players yeah. on the board I tend at that to agree, point. But go for it, Dan. Uh, no, I, I tend to agree with Brian there. Um, I, I do think Ozarike would be the pick. It just—it's an interesting spot to be in uh, with, with some really quality defensive linemen available with Rousseau and Tryon and some of those guys. Um, all right, I'm going to move the conversation here to pick 45 uh, and the Jaguars. Uh, and I can't believe you're letting Urban Meyer get Travis Etienne here. Uh, I don't oh know gosh. that running back's a huge need. James Robinson, you know, had a pretty good rookie year as an undrafted free agent. But 
Urban Meyer wants Urban Meyer wants to be the fastest team in the league, and Travis Etienne is going to help them do that. So at pick uh, what is this forty five? Forty five. It's an absolute steal uh, to to get him this late. So yeah, the pick's Travis Etienne. So he joins his definitely see them taking running back. He, he joins sorry, his Kyle. quarterback out of Clemson. So Trevor Lawrence. Caleb Farley, Travis Etienne, and Christian Barmore are the four picks for Jacksonville so far through the first two rounds of the draft. So you talk about rebuilding, that's a pretty good start if you ask me overall. And yeah, you're right. I can't believe that he fell this far, but maybe that's just because we don't necessarily look at a ton of these running backs overall. All right, Brian, you are on the clock with the Lions after their trade with Detroit, or excuse me, with New England. Detroit takes the 46th pick. Yeah, I'm looking at the Detroit Lions right now, and to me, this is where the value comes on the board about like the cornerback spot. I just feel like though that there's there's too many guys on that board that that could be you know could be taken uh, and they would come in and play well. I, I think this is where they take Joseph from Kentucky. I think this is where he particularly goes at this spot. I like the fact that I, I like the length. I like the the way that he you know now he's uh, he transferred from LSU. There's some off the field stuff that you know that people say, hey, glad he's gone, glad he's gone again, kind of a thing. But I just feel like though that the Lions are looking for a cornerback spot, somebody that has some link to him, mm-hmm. somebody that plays with a chip on the shoulder, somebody that's competitive out there. So Joseph from Kentucky would be my pick for the Detroit Lions. In that secondary remade. Yeah, safety yep. earlier and the corner. I love Rich, it. I love it. Richie Grant and Kelvin Joseph, not bad. Uh, uh, trying to rebuild the secondary. So, what do you think about Kelvin Joseph Dane specifically with the Kentucky cornerback? Just based off of the fact that I mean. There's so many Kentucky prospects here that kind of were late risers. We talk about Jamin Davis. Now there's Calvin Joseph. Joseph was really the original Kentucky prospect that had some buzz around him heading into this draft process, though. Yeah, and with Kelvin Joseph, it was always about the off-field. Um, and it just made him really tough to understand where to rank him. Uh, because talent's not the question. Talent-wise, uh, you watch him on film, and you get really excited about the speed, the twitch. Uh, he's got natural ball skills. Uh, it's just, you know, he's a guy that the coaches basically had to say, hey, just, just opt out, you know. Instead of going out there and playing, you know, half, half, uh, half the time and standing around, just, just opt out. Uh, and that was at Kentucky. And we don't even talk about all the stuff that happened at LSU that led to his departure right. from there. So yeah. it's all about the off-field with him and just the, the effort concerns and is he going to be an issue in your locker room. And so, you know, it, it's, it's tough when you look at Detroit and they're trying to rebuild that team. And you, they're going to ask themselves, as we rebuild this culture, is he going to be a guy that helps or hinders as we do that and you have to weigh the talent with uh with what do you think he's going to bring bring off the field it's a it's a tough conversation to have uh that i think each team's going to struggle with all right so los angeles and the chargers are on the clock at 47 i'm going in between a couple of washington teammates here i'm looking at joe tryon maybe off of the edge to kind of counteract what uh bosa has on one side and then i have levi onsarike that they could really sure up the interior. I think I'm going to lean toward the Allen product and Levi Onsarike going to Los Angeles here. I think he, I mean, he has borderline first-round talent, in my opinion, and the fact that he's fallen all the way down to, what is this, 47? I'm going to pick Onsarike here and not look back, kind of shoring up that defensive line. Moving this thing along, Las Vegas and the Raiders are on the clock with KT. 
Yeah, no, they they need to get some offensive line help. They, they took Jamin Davis in the first round. They need some help at right tackle with Trent Brown gone. Uh, you know, they could also use some help at safety. But I really like that Dylan Radunes is still on the board for the Raiders, and that's going to be my pick right here uh, for Las Vegas, not Oakland Raiders in round two. Got to make sure that. Yeah, that seems like a very uh, Gruden Mayock type of pick uh, w- yeah. with Raiden's and, and how he would fit. Uh, can play tackle, uh, you know, pl- plug him in at right tackle, uh, fill the void left by Trent Brown. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense for the Raiders. Yeah, I'll be interested to see if what the deal with Walker Little is. And, and you know, I owe the Raider Nation an apology for Colton Miller. I didn't think Colton Miller could play dead. You know, and, and you know, you look at what he's done the last four years uh, for the Raiders. They've done a nice job with him. He's developed. But maybe, like I say, I thought maybe Little uh, from Stanford, Christensen from BYU, you know, Hudson, Sensei, I, I thought maybe that would be the thing, but that would be a very Raider-like thing. I think KT uh, went the right direction on that one. All right. Uh, uh, so up. Cardinals up. Uh, yeah, 49 here. Um, man, you guys keep letting good players fall to me. Uh, <laughs> Joe Tryon, Washington. Uh, another, a, a guy, another player who, if he went in the first round uh, Thursday night, would not be surprised at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you look at the Cardinals – yeah, they added J.J. Watt, but they still need to add, you know, pass rushers on the outside. Uh, Joe Tryon can be that guy, so I, I think it's a, it's a steal here at this point. All right. I have him mocked to Tampa Bay at 32. Yeah. Uh, on my yeah, personal see that. mock. But, yeah, no. It's kind of where it gets in the draft. Just brought us about earlier, 14 to 50. Just put them in a bag, shake them up, stick your hand yeah. in and draw mm-hmm. one. Yeah, and there's a where- lot of different – or you know, you, you go team to team, board to board. It is wildly different. I mean, it, it, right. it, there is the, the word consensus. Get it out of here. It, it, yeah. it, it's just we're, you know, people are going to be surprised with you know, like like brought us to talk about the tackles with Little and Raidens, and you know, it, it's it, the order of these tackles, the the pass rushers. It's going to be wildly different from team to team. Yeah, the, the, you can throw the corners, the wide receivers. If you think the quarterbacks are all mixed up, there are some others. Depending on what team you talk to, their order is completely different from the next team you talk to. There really isn't any any consistency at all of where teams are seeing these guys. Like, okay, that's him, that's him, that's him. It's really all over the place right now. Uh, Brian, you are up with uh, the Dolphins, Miami. The Miami Dolphins, and this is, I think this is where the Dolphins are looking right now. I think they're looking on defense, and I think they're going to about to take, not I think because I'm making this pick for them, but they're going to take Jabril Cox off the board oh, uh, at this point. That the, was going to uh, be my very, pick the LSU, the LSU linebacker, I kind of feel like that, that – People will see him as a really good cover guy. I don't think he played as well last year uh, with LSU. I mean, there were times where he looked like that he was just a poor tackler. Uh, There's some poor reactions. But if you look at the coverage stuff, and that's hard for linebackers to do in this league is to cover. I think that, though, I think Brian Flores gets the best he can out of this LSU kid. Jabril Cox goes to the Miami Dolphins. I'm sitting here at 51 with the Washington football team, and I was pretty locked in on Jabril Cox at that point because they need a linebacker, and they need somebody who's going to come downhill and hit. And Who would you take in the first round? Oh, wait. 
you're right. Never mind. I shouldn't be doing that because in the first round they took Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. So thank you, Brian, for not making me look dumb. Yeah, they need something else outside of linebackers since they took Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Uh, well, go for it. Well, they could they could play Koromoa at safety. They could play Koromoa at safety. <laughs> it's true. I mean that. I mean, there's teams to yeah. uh, there's team. See, teams are telling me Koromoa is the Simmons guy from Clemson last year. You better figure out where you're going to play him if you draft him. You know, he's that kind of that we all love Simmons. We all loved everything he did. Linebacker, safety, rush the passer. We all love that stuff. But you better have a plan for Coromora if you pick him. Oh, now I'm looking at offensive tackle because they really need a left tackle pretty bad, but I don't know if they have time to develop one. Walker Little is my number one offensive tackle on the board at this very moment. But I don't know if they have time to wait on him, do they? I mean, they really kind of need to win now and protect guys now. I mean, there's Tevin Jenkins is off the board. Liam Michael man, there's already been a run. Tell you what, we've got to take a Make break a anyways. Pick. We're going to take a break. When we come back, <laughs> we'll hit the final oh, 12 picks. Well, I, I, I don't want to waste time, and we need to take a pick. We're way over time. Let's take a break. When we come back, Pass. final 12 picks here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Smoothie King, we are blending goodness to fuel your greatness. Every blend is crafted to help you achieve your health and fitness goals. Smoothie King uses only whole fruits and organic veggies. You'll never find sugary syrups or artificial flavors, colors, or preservatives. And unlike some other smoothie places, there are zero grams of added sugar in many of our blends. Smoothie King is proud to be the official smoothie of the Dallas Cowboys. Place your order in the app or online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. There are many ways to say Miller Lite has more taste and only one more calorie than Michelob Ultra. You could say it with your show choir buddies at your high school reunion. Miller Lite has more taste and one more calorie than Michelob Ultra. However you say it, it's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Beer for 12 full ounces. Miller Lite, 96 calories, 3.2 carbs. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 carbs. Taste test performed by Institute for Perception, February 2018. RV shoppers, you're invited to the DFW RV Party. Presented by Funtown RV, May 20th through May 23rd. Live music, free parking, free admission, and hundreds of RVs. Come party with Funtown. Rowdy and the Cowboy Cheerleaders. To crank this party up a notch, we're offering huge discounts on RVs from top brands like Forest River, Heartland, and more. Plus, you'll find amazing door prices like stadium tours, camping grills, and the first thousand kids each day get a free fishing pole. It's all happening. May 20th through May 23rd inside AT&T Stadium, home of the Dallas Cowboys. The DFW RV Party presented by Funtown RV. Visit DFWRVParty.com for details. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. So I'm going to quickly make this pick here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Washington football team, how about a quarterback to groom under Ryan Fitzpatrick? Davis Mills out of Stanford will be the selection for Washington at 51. Makes things a little bit interesting. Chicago is now on the clock. KT, what's your pick? Yeah, they took Rashad Bateman in the first round, and 
You know, a lot of people maybe that maybe they would have been interested in quarter uh, quarterback there, but actually they probably wouldn't, given this regime is on their way out. Most likely, they're trying to win now. They lost Buster Screen. They lost uh, Kyle Fuller. I'm looking cornerback here, and it's a coin toss between Eric Stokes and Elijah Molden. And I think they'll try to fill that slot corner, that nickel corner position, with Elijah Molden, the cornerback uh, from Washington. I like that pick that's, a lot. That's a good pick. I, I, I do wonder if they would consider Kellen Mond there. Um, mm. if yeah. It just, you know, they want to get that quarterback or not, take one more swing. I don't know. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, so, I'll, Titans on the clock here at 53. Uh, we went with the right tackle in the first round. Uh, here, we need to get better at corner. Uh, both Georgia guys are on the board. So, which way do I go? Stokes or Campbell? Uh, let's go Stokes, uh, 4-2 speed, 6-1. Uh, there's a lot of ability there. I'm going to take the uh, the Georgia corner, uh, Eric Stokes, for the Titans. There you go. Now the Colts on the clock for Brian. Can you please tell me, because I'm confused about who the Colts took the first time around. So the Colts took Jalen Phillips, Jaylen edge Phillips. rusher out of Miami. Got it. That's it? That is okay, it. Okay, thank you. I just want to make sure I had that. I just want to make sure I had that right. Uh, this is where they take the Colts could definitely use, uh, and I thought this was going to be the case. This is where they take the look at, at Walker Little. I think this is where he goes. I think when you're talking about 6'7", 320 pounds, the guy hasn't played in a couple years. He's coming off some injuries. I think there's a little bit of a risk there when you start talking about that. But you look at what Chris Ballard has done over the years. He drafts solid football players. I think that Walker Little, I have some questions about him because of the time off and the injuries. But if overall, if you watch him play, though, I think he would be a really, really good fit for the, for the Colts uh, with the length, the size. That ability with their, you know, with, they, with Frank Reich, they like to have that ability to be able to, the protection's important, but they also want to have the ability to run the football. Walker Little will be my guy for the Colts. I like that pick a lot. Uh, so moving on to, what would that be? The Steelers at 55. I'm going to go with the corner here as well. And you, you went with Eric Stokes. I'm going to pick Tyson Campbell. It was basically whoever you didn't want. I want another guy on the outside. It's six foot one, 193 pounds. Tyson Campbell, one of those guys who you could stick on the outside and kind of play uh, in that Steelers secondary. Maybe replace Justin Lane. I mean, Joe Hayden's on the other side. He's a pretty solid corner. Cameron Sutton's in that slot. So give me, uh, yeah, give me Tyson Campbell out of Georgia to go play for Pittsburgh. KT with the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this is where it gets interesting because they only have three picks, right? So they've got a hit, but what does Seattle like to do? They like to trade down, and they call up the Dallas Cowboys asking for pick 75. No way. They're asking for pick 99, and they're asking for pick 138. 75, 99, and 138 will get you pick 56. You'll get to keep pick 115 if you're the Cowboys. The Cowboys start discussing it. They're, they're, we got we got to make a, a decision here. Steven weighs in. Jerry weighs in. Jerry Jr. weighs in. Uh, oh, oh, Will McClay's got something to say. All right. Uh, so it all comes down to it. we got to make the call, and Dallas says no. Whoa. We're keeping our picks. We want to have four picks in the top 100. And Seattle has to sit there with an unhappy Russell Wilson and with only three picks this year, and they've got to go maybe defensive end. Well, we did LJ. Uh, we did the TCU kid last year, right? Uh, maybe we'll pass on Peyton Turner. Okay, cornerback. Oh. Ah, we really, we really like Tyson Campbell there. Uh, you know what? If Yatu Melifonwu makes a lot of sense, but no. Again, 
our quarterback's unhappy, and they go with Amari Rogers, the wide receiver from Clemson, to go with Tyler Lockett and wow. with uh, DK Metcalf. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that was. I know fun. a lot happened that, there, guys. That was that was a, that was a lot of suspense. <laughs> For it was. I, I thought we were going to take Melifon. I, I I thought we were going to take a Melifon Wu, and all of a sudden we, we didn't take Melifon Wu. Uh, I personally, me looking at my board, I would have Marshall and uh, Moore from Purdue mm-hmm. over him, and maybe even Brown from North North uh, North Carolina. What about St. Brown Rogers from makes USC? A lot of sense. I have him below Rogers. So okay. if you told me it was between Rogers and St. Brown, I would take Rogers. But I, I tell you what, it, it's a good pick. The guy Rogers, I'll tell you, he is a he's like a running back with the ball in his hands. You throw him the ball, I mean he's he's banging off people and stuff like that. That's a tough kid. So I could I could understand why John uh, Snyder would go that direction. Yeah, I don't blame the Cowboys for turning down that trade. I mean, who mm-hmm. are you coming up to get here? Uh, maybe uh, Javon Holland. Um, you know, but. I don't think there's that no-brainer pass rusher here. Uh, well, you already got your pass rusher. You already got your corner. So I, I think that makes sense for the Cowboys uh, to, to bypass that. Um, all right. Uh, so I'm the Rams. I'm on the clock here at 57. And want to give a hat tip to the Steelers for not taking Creed Humphrey. I, I thought that's where you're going to go. Mm, and I thought I'm about it. I'm very happy you didn't. It, absolute steal to get Creed Humphrey. I was considering taking Humphrey at uh, 37 in the Eagles. So to get him here at this point, 57 uh, to the Rams. Uh, love the fit. Plug and play center. Can also play some guard for you. Uh, easy, easy pick here for uh, LA. Man, they pick Elijah Vera Tucker and Creed Humphrey to. You talk about shoring up that offensive line. That's a good one-two punch in that regard. Brian's on the clock with the Kansas City well, this Chiefs. Is, this is the first pick for the Rams. Oh, I, I, the put, I put the Chargers. My bad. Other oh, Los Angeles team. Right, right, right. This is who who made that pick? That was, was the, the the Rams, the Rams. made that pick. Okay, and then now it's Kansas City on the clock. Kansas City right. the first round had. Who did they take? They didn't have a they, first they round pick. They didn't have a pick. They traded out. They traded out. Okay, very good then. That's right. They traded with the, for the tackle spot and all that. Okay, with the Chiefs, I think the, the, Andy Reid will play this a couple of different ways there. I, I think he tries, again, to address what's going on with his offensive line. And this is where I think that he'll look at a guard. I think he'll look at Aaron Brooks. Uh, excuse me, Eric Banks, the Notre Dame guard here. I mean, that is a big square body that they, that they can put in there. He can move guys at the point of attack. He's a good pass protector. He's a tough kid. We talked about Notre Dame and what they've done with these offensive linemen. So Aaron Banks, the guard from Notre Dame, Kansas City Chiefs. Aaron Banks. What, what do you know about him, Dane? Uh, he is a big mauling guard uh he, he, the size the power immediately stands out on film but he, he actually moves fairly well and so uh you know he's just a guy he just look, looks like he was you know a bouncer uh, you know <laughs> outside a club just looking for like please show me a fake id so i can take out some of this aggression on you um he, he's just that kind of type of blocker and so i i, I think that would fit with what the chiefs are doing i mean talk about remaking that offensive line uh i mean mm-hmm. they, they've with signing uh, Thune and Kyle Long and you trading for Orlando Brown you add a guy like this that makes a lot of sense 
So the Cincinnati, or excuse me, the Cleveland Browns are on the clock at 59. They took Aziz Ojolari out of Georgia in the first round. They took Grant Delpit at safety last year. Of course, he didn't play in his his rookie season due to injury. I think the best way to really upgrade this team is to add a, a, a stout nose tackle, to add a guy to play with Miles Garrett, to play with Jadavian Clowney, to really sure things up. I'm going to go with... Aleem McNeil out of MC or NC State, who is still on the clock. I'm going to take McNeil and not look back because I think the Browns' defense is scary if he's a part of it. Uh, smack dab in the middle of that defensive line. All right, Saints and KT at 60. Took Greg Newsom at cornerback on night one. I, I do would I, I would have them and, and also Green Bay on night one of the Caleb Farley mix. You know, at 28 and 29, late in round one. Keep an eye on those for Caleb Farley. But they got Newsom in this scenario. Uh, I look for them to get a wide receiver at some point. Another weapon to kind of help out. We got Jameis slinging it around this year. Look at my board. Terrace Marshall Jr. Mm-hmm. still there. LSU kids staying in the state. And we'll go to the New Orleans Saints. That's a great pick. I like it. That's a local yep. pick. And the thing with Marshall is the knee was flagged. We don't know how far that's going to drop him. But, uh, you know, at this point, obviously, the value is there. Um, I'm up next here with the Bills at 61. We went offense in the first with Najee Harris. Uh, we need to address that, that second cornerback spot. And, you know, if Yatu Melifonu is a solid player, I think I'm going to go Aaron Robbins here out of UCF. So both UCF defensive backs go off the board here in the second round. So the Packers and Brian now on the clock. Oh, that's fitting. How about that? The Packers and the Brian, and Brian brought us on the clock. Uh, you've done this a couple times before, my friend. I have done this before, and I'll, I'll tell you what, though. I, I I think the value here for for more the wide receiver from Purdue is too much for the Packers. So you know, you were talking about. You know, Brian Gutekunst and all that. They like tough kids. They like kids that will that play in cold weather and all that. Rondell Moore, wide receiver, Purdue. I think that when you throw him the football, a lot of good things happen. Hand him the ball, a lot of good things happen. Packers take Rondell Moore, wide receiver. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if at 59, that's the direction the Browns go. Mm-hmm. I know they like Rondell Moore quite a bit. So right that late portion of the second round is kind of a sweet spot. You think that'll make Aaron Rodgers happy? Here's Elijah Moore and Rondell Moore. Stop, stop griping. We're going to go try yeah. to win a Super Bowl. Yep. There you go. It's the a good more way to, brothers in the first two rounds. Good way to put it. Okay, so I'm looking at the Chiefs at 50, or wait, what is this, 63. They took Aaron Banks, the guard out of Notre Dame, just a couple picks prior. They really need to shore up maybe a linebacker spot, maybe add to the wide receiving core. I'm looking. I mean, I'm looking at Amonra St. Brown right now as the top player on my board. That just seems like a blinking light to me. Uh, I mean, outside of Tyree Kill, I mean, they lost Sammy Watkins. Who else do they really have? I mean, McCole Hardman in the slot, but I mean, Amonra St. Brown on the outside would be fun. And they really have Demarcus Robinson out there for Patrick Mahomes to throw to. I'm going to go ahead and pick, make the pick. St. Brown, he's the top player on my board right now, and I think uh, he could be a good pick there. So KT and the Buccaneers rounding out the second round. Yeah, you know it's it's wild for them. Their whole team coming back, so it's it's very you know they can kind of do anything they want. Uh, we have them there in the first round. Uh, who did they take in the first round? I'm sorry, I had it pulled up. Leatherwood. They took Alex Leatherwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're gonna look to go to the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I could see them going wide receiver here, but I'm gonna go ahead and go with a uh, Peyton Turner or Ronnie Perkins. 
And I feel like Ronnie Perkins might fit kind of what they're looking to do a little bit more. So I'm going to go with Ronnie Perkins, kind of a strong side defensive end. Uh, a good solid pick late round two for the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There you go. So Ronnie Perkins and Alex Leatherwood out of that uh, that hall for the defending Super Bowl champs. Wow. So everybody can take a deep breath. We had to kind of rush through those last couple of picks. Jacksonville on the clock in round three. New York, Houston. Houston and the Texans finally get a pick in this draft starting at 67. But that's going to do it for our DallasCowboys.com mock. Brian, any kind of final thoughts as we head into the weekend? And once again, take a deep breath now because it's just going to get going even more so in a little bit. Yeah, I think that we're going to see some craziness in this draft. And especially, again, from those picks like on 13 on down, look for a lot of wows like, wow, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, I think teams are preparing themselves to do that. Two players that we didn't even mention in, or didn't get picked in our two-round mock that I think could sneak into the first round, uh, Deami Brown, North Carolina, yep. and Peyton Turner, Houston. Would not be shocked if, they, if either of those two snuck into the first round. So uh, just two, two other names to keep an eye on. And we've talked so much about pick 10 and pick 44. Doing this exercise and looking at the board, look what's left at pick 75 for the Cowboys to choose from. It's a lot. Baron Browning, Peyton Turner, Javon Holland. Maybe if they wanted to go tackle with Brady Christensen or Stone Forsythe or Davion Nixon from Iowa, the safety Jamar Johnson from Indiana. You can go on for days. Uh, tons of good players are going to be left at 75 as well. So make sure that you're listening to the draft show, uh, not only t- for tomorrow's episode, but Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as we're going to be live for every pick like we are every single year. Darn right. We got wall-to-wall coverage coming up. Every one of these guys will be a part of the coverage, and we'll have, of course, David Hellman. We'll have Jeff Cavanaugh, who's, of course, rolling over with Gregory Rousseau as the pick at 44 today. But that's going to do it for us here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. For Chris Beam, for Dane Brugler, Kevin KT Turner, and the great Brian Broaddus, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long. We'll see you tomorrow on the draft show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club.